Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. I am just speaking. Mike Sutherland. Hey. This is our Stuber episode. We're going to talk about that wonderful piece of uh, cop action comedy. It's fucking Stuber. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah, it's so goddamn stupid. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk about movie news. I feel trailers. stupid just watching that movie. I feel stupid that I fucking kicked down $25 to watch it. That That's, yeah. I well, mean, you, you, but you did it to... For other reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did it to bring your kid out to get him out of the goddamn house. and Yeah. I mean, he can only masturbate his, for so long. I was going to say, I mean? keep his hands off his dick. God damn. He, for all I know, he could have been jerking off in the theater. I don't know. It's like, dude, that's got a shelf life. <laughs> like, Batista's daughter's hot. <laughs> God, little fucker. All right. Daddy loves you. Yeah, sort um, of. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll talk about that uh, that that goddamn movie, and then uh, that, that, that movie where the trailers were m- much better than the movie, of course. And uh, yeah, all right. So, when a mild mannered Uber driver named Stu <laughs> Stewart <laughs> Stu uh, picks up a passenger, Dave Batista, who turns out to be a cop hot on the trail of a brutal killer, he's thrust into a harrowing ordeal where he desperately tries to hold on to his wits, his life, and his five star rating. Directed by Michael Douse, this action comedy from 20th Century Fox also stars Who Gives a Shit? Okay. <laughs> Nico Uwes, Natalie Morales, Betty Gilpin, Jimmy Tatro, Mira Sorvino, and Karen Gillan. Yeah, so Nebula. What a fucking waste of talent. Yeah, Nebula shows up at the beginning of the movie and he's uh, like, oh, it's great. We get to see Nebula and Jack or Drax together. That's, that's great. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> What can you say about this movie, Mike? What could you say? Uh, no, thank you. It's stupid. Oh, yeah. Very, very. Um, this is one of those lazy written The dude that directed this comedies. fucking did Goon. Yeah, Goon was fucking good. Jay Baruchel and I, Evan Goldberg. Yeah, I haven't seen the sequel yet, but um, I have seen Goon. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. they did. He did fucking, which is basically just an updated uh, slap shot. This is my this this might as well have been a ride along, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, another ride along movie, or you know, it tries to be a new rush hour kind of thing, where you have two completely different people together, right? It's the like odd couple, and and everything. And to me, the only thing that truly worked in this movie was when, um, well, the chemistry between um, Batista and and Nanjiani was was good. They actually worked good with each other. And when they were ad limmy, except for when Nanjiani's just screaming like a fucking uh, girl. Yeah, that I mean, that got old. That definitely got old. That that Chris Tucker, Kevin Hart shit. Yeah. Um. The other thing that gets that gets old with that is his constant fucking passive aggressive shit. Yeah. Like I was just waiting for Batista to punch him. You know, like yeah, if you like fucking Eddie Murphy yeah. and, and and Nick Nolte in Forty Eight Hours. Yeah, and I couldn't take the Uber shit seriously because. If he kept getting one stars from people, he would get kicked off the fucking app. Well, if you looked at it, you saw his you saw his rating was a four point one. Yeah, but and it just, so it went from he was at a five point oh. Yeah, and then he and then it kept going down to a four point oh. So for whatever yeah. reason, he was, you know, I, look, I'll, I'll let that one slide. I know for comedy, yeah, comedy's sake, right? I, I get it; it's an extreme, but it just it, it felt really oh God. It just felt forced. It they really felt forced, just so there was more to. More to display with Uber there, you know, because I would assume Uber probably kicked down some of the money to help, you know, support the film or something, right? Kind of like how uh, Lyft was in uh, the Equalizer sequel, right? So, uh, oh God, I, man, 
I may, I remember when I wrote the review for this movie, I made a joke about uh, Batista, you know, squinting for half the movie, and it was just him like trying to get through the fucking shitty script because he's just like, what the fuck am I doing here, God? Marvel's so much better at writing scripts than than this shit from 20th Century Fox. Uh, but I, uh, I, what was, you know, what the point was? The point where I got well, to hold on, hold on, what. Hold on. So I'm I'm looking at IMDb mm-hmm. and they have a person by the name of Flickering Myth. Yeah. And he wrote two reviews for Stuber. Why? I don't know. But you're giving him attention by mentioning him on here. Oh, really? It doesn't matter if I'm giving him attention. Who listens to this show? Good point. Uh-huh. His first one is the weird stepson of collateral in planes, trains, and automobiles nobody asked for has arrived. And then he went through another and added another fucking. I think he's just doing it for. Yeah, extra clicks. Yeah, because what? Why are you writing two fucking reviews for a movie? Well, maybe that you has, obviously don't like. Maybe he has a pro and a con review. I I don't know. I'm not gonna read his shit unless you put read it on the show now. So, look, I was already not enjoying the movie very much while we were watching it, but there was a point where I got to a fuck this movie point and what, it was, was point? it was the point when when it cut to Myra Sorvino's character hanging up the phone and you found out that she was the bad guy she was the one that set him up right and it was like oh get the fuck out of here get how this is such a tired cop movie trope that it, you know oh of course his captain or his closest partner or whatever is is you know doing shit behind his back. Well, it's it's not just that. Look, I I, I gave a fuck less when it was the opening scene. Oh, yeah. and this Eco Uwise guy um, who plays uh, Teho, mm-hmm. which it's actually they spelt his name wrong in the fucking cast list because his name had a D in it, T E I J D O, in the movie. Bingo was his name. <laughs> yeah, but that. I mean, unless I'm mistaken, it, I thought for sure that there was a D in his name. You notice that? Did he remind you of the bad guy that was in Rush Hour? I haven't seen Rush Hour in a long, long time. He was the the Asian dude that. Um, but he reminded me of Rufio from okay. Hook. Yeah. So uh, that look, I, I'm fine. It doesn't matter who the bad guy is. It doesn't matter. What matters is. Um, first and foremost, they killed Karen Gillan's character. So they use Karen Gillan to pull you into this story. Yeah. And then she gets fucking killed and she's going after a fucking known, a, a known bad guy who kills cops. Yeah. Why isn't she wearing a vest? They were shooting at him with fucking people around him. Yeah. When they were running through the lobby of that place, right. that hotel or whatever. Yeah. The staples. I, I, I think I looked at you and I motioned like, "What the fuck are we? What are we watching here?" Right. Because cops don't do that. Cops don't shoot at someone when there's a crowd of people right behind them. I know that it's again. You blame the script writer, and the script was written by Tripper Clancy. Would you like to know what Tripper Clancy has also worked on? Uh, maybe we shouldn't. There's another movie <laughs> he wrote called Hot Dog, which I have no idea what it's about. No. But let's. I have to assume it's about a hot dog. I would assume it's unhealthy. And um. And then there's another one about uh, uh, gynecologists. Hmm. They're shorts. And then this one. I think he has a total of six writing credits. And um, this is one of those six writing credits. And this is why 20th Century Fox had to go away and become part of Disney. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> they can restructure this this turd of a company. Um, 
I look. I know 20th Century Fox does also make a lot of good movies, but still, I mean, when when they when they don't do good at all, yeah, I mean, you just you know, Vergegen debunk, debunk, Ver, yeah, Vergegen debunk, we're gay in the bank, die, die. <laughs> Yeah, gay in the bank. Um, <laughs> the bank robbers or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, hot Dog. I have no idea what that fucking movie is about. No, but it ain't uh, Hot Dog the movie. Let's see. Uh, uh, who cares? There's no information on it. And then uh, A Jar Full of Life. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> Trooper Clancy movies. Stuber, Hot Dog, Viergagen, Veer Debunk. So why would he be given a chance to write a movie with big actors in it? Because he wrote, he won the 2009 screenwriting competition with his comedy Henry II. That's why. You see, I could totally see 20th Century Fox just seeing this, you know, seeing this and going, eh, this is good enough. It's going to make, we'll make our money back on it. Who gives a shit about long-lasting quality or anything like that? Yeah. So this is the whole story behind Stuber. Uh, this is what um, um, Tripper is right. His name Tripper Clancy, right? Yeah. I can't remember. I don't even care. Um, you sold the feature action comedy Stuber to Fox, starring Kumal Nanjiani, Dave Bautista, and Iko Iwe. What was the process like from idea to finished script? Around 2015, my manager Jake, which looks like it's an under, it's a small J, but it's not, uh, sent me an email with the title Stuber. And all he knew was maybe there was a comedy version of Collateral about an Uber driver named Stu. I have a deep love of 80s action comedies, and the character's storyline and structure hit me immediately. So it was already written. He put together a three-page treatment, had a draft of the, and a month or so later had a draft of the script. Um, and then April of 2016, the script went out to every buyer in town, and Fox bought it. Yeah. So the idea of the movie is a good idea. It's a very good idea. It just sh poorly executed, you know. The fact that he had to have eye surgery and and that he can't see, I like that. That was a actually clever idea, but it, it just was like I said, poorly executed. Um, yeah, from him, from him having the eye surgery and then getting in his car, yeah, and driving until he crashes and then <laughs> having to get an Uber. Yeah. I, I was fine with that, uh -huh. you know. Um, up until. No, I was fine with that throughout the whole movie. Uh -huh. You know, even even when he was when he was able to finally see, he still was having problems. Yeah. Um. But that's not that's part of the movie that was funny. Yeah. What I didn't care for was fucking everything else. I guess the gay strip club. Not that because it was gay, but um, I, the scenes in the gay the scenes in the gay strip club where Kumal Nanjiani and the stripper dude. Yeah, who's being abused, technically berated by his boss. Right. That was funny. Yeah. Cause as they, they sit and talk and whatever else. Yeah. I, w I was fine with that. This, the, the whole idea of Karen Gillan being shot and killed um, as she's chasing the bad guy. Yeah. At Staples Center of all places, where they have security all over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean that this it's weak. The whole opening scene is fucking weak. And it was noisy. I mean, besides the volume being loud at the theater itself, it, you could tell that the, the editing with it, the music was way too fucking loud, and the sound effects were way too loud when they were fighting. Yeah. And they were, you know, in the in the hotel room. It just was like, ugh. It, it reminded me of the Lego movie sequel, where it was just way too fucking loud, and like it was trying to overcompensate for something. Yeah. Uh, the whole Becca character, played by Betty Gilpin, was useless. That went fucking nowhere. Yeah. 
It was like, uh, like there was, like she was a plot device that was there just to show how spineless Nanjiani's character was. Right. You know, and then um, Nicole Manning's character, uh, I'm sorry, Natalie Morales' character, Nicole Manning. Yeah. Um, she, I mean, again, another useless character. Yeah. Ultimately, a useless character. Yeah, and then conveniently at the end, guess who who got together? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I I had hopes for this movie when the trailer came out because I think you shared it with me first. The trailer was great. Yeah, the trailer. I mean, fucking especially that part. I mean, all of it. You know, Compton. <laughs> or or the whole part where he throws the gun at him, you know, and he, threw, he hits a, you know, hits a, I almost called him the rock. And hits Batista and then throws it back and hits uh, Nanjiani in the head. Yeah, I mean that was fucking great. I'm like, dude, this movie's hilarious. I like, please let this be as good as this trailer. And, and it just no, we got lied to. Oh yeah, we got very lied to. Uh, yeah. Five point six out of ten. And, and some of those scenes worked better in the trailer than they did in the movie itself. You know, like the part where he's yelling on the um, loudspeaker. You know, and. And, and you know, Fuck. yeah, it was funnier in the trailer than it was in the actual movie. Right. And it just, it was inconsistent. It was very inconsistent. I mean, the movie was funny here and there with the band. They, like when they were improving with each other, you could tell that there was a lot of times when Batista and Nanjiani were shit talking each other and they were having fun. That worked for the most part. And, but it just still wasn't enough to save this movie in any kind of way. The the only thing worse than hot garbage is elaborately lukewarm mediocrity. And for too much of its running time, the new comedy Stuber is just that. That's uh, from RogerEbert.com. That's fucking brutal. Uh, Stuber is an awkward, uneven action comedy that, comedy that never realizes its full potential. It squanders a good premise yep. and an odd couple pairing with potential that could have delivered something special. Absolutely. I'm going to go even more brutal with this and say... Why are they continually trying to make a buddy cop movie that's nothing but bullshit? Yeah. This is a bullshit movie. Mm -hmm. I love Dave Batista. I have a man crush on him. I wrote that in my I, review. <laughs> I know. And and I, I, I want to be buddies with Dave Batista. Fucking A. I want to play pool with him right I now. I love Kumal Nanjiani. Yeah. He's, he was fucking hilarious on Dan Harmon's podcasts. Uh -huh. he, he was mediocre in some cases. On um, I like his stand up on, on Silicon Valley. Most of his stand up is okay. Yeah, I you know I, I you know I'm I'm not a fan fan of Kumal. I like his stuff, but I heard for his the movie most part, The Big Sick was really good because it, he was like a genuine character in it and it was well written. But when you have this junk, I what can you do? It's like Kevin Hart. If you ever see Kevin Hart where he actually has a good script or when he's doing his own real material, he's not bad. He's pretty fucking good. Yeah, this movie is shit. Yeah. It's it's not even a four. This is a three at best. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, when we used to do ratings, I would have probably given it like a three and a half, maybe. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, Cinema Score <clears throat> is giving me film an average of a B on an A to F scale, and Post Track gave it an average of three point five out of five stars and a fifty one percent definite recommend. This is not a recommendation movie. No, it's not. In fact, here, what works? The chemistry between Batista and Nanjiani. What else works? Anything else? Um, nothing else works in this movie. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. What doesn't work? Everything, Everything. else. <laughs> Everyone. The death of Karen Gillan doesn't work. The, the whole idea of Kumal Nanjiani just, I mean, 
him being an Uber driver and yeah. being the way he is, that whole thing fucking worked. I was fine with that. Yeah. Everything else didn't work. And the idea, the the, the idea of the plot I mean, there's, is a good idea. Uh, we're blanket statementing, but like when 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 um Batista's character gets to Compton yeah. and he's dealing with those guys and the dog and the do- oh, they fed yeah, the yeah, dog yeah. all that fucking, you know, what whatever the drug was. Oh yeah. Um that worked. That scene worked. Yeah. I was fine with that scene. What what I you know the Mira Sorvino killing the vet stupid yeah you mean the the Barack Obama guy yeah <laughs> is not he's he, I, ever since I've seen that actor um I he just reminds me of a an actor version of Barack Obama yeah well I mean can he, he has a Barack Obama when after a radioactive radioactive storm not everyone's gonna look exactly like somebody so yeah, and I'm fine and the guy that played the the doc the vet. Yeah, like, like where, you put fine. The, where you put the earbuds in and listen to the music. That was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I, I was fine with that entire scene where Batista and Nanjiani were fighting the two, the, the drug guys, right? Yeah. I was fine with it. That scene was actually funny. Until he started screaming. And then, you know, well, the, the entire scene is funny. Even the, I, I could care less about the screaming. But yeah, I mean, the screaming was annoying. But the whole scene was funny, especially when, you know... Um, um, they they got the uh, the drug guy that they uh, they just put um, they took the bullet out of his leg and Nanjiani is starting to tweet you know let, let me handle it the modern day way and he starts to tweet shit you know uh-huh. oh you're pretty active on Twitter you know and he starts to say shit about I like Ryan Gosling movies <laughs> you know I love Ryan Gosling movies yeah you know the nope my top three Ryan Gosling movies are the Notebook the Notebook and the Notebook right he's like mm-hmm. I fucking hate the Notebook. That was funny. Yeah. But it was inconsistent. It it was it not only was it inconsistent, it was a practical a practical waste of a good joke. Okay? <laughs> On top of that, you know, you have all these people like Variety, Peter DeBruge who's just he 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 Peter DeBruge might as well just jump up everybody's ass in Hollywood and pitch a fucking tent. Yeah. And and camp in everybody's ass cuz all he ever says is it's both funny and familiar, you know. Uh, uh, both funny and familiar. These two, these two incredibly different personalities thrust together make it funny. Blah 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 blah. That's all he ever says. He doesn't say anything interesting. Here, here's what's interesting. This movie sucks. This yeah. movie's all. This movie was a is a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> Everything about it. The bad guy is ill conceived. Yep. There's no. We have no reason. The hotel concierge calls up. To the bad guy's room, knowing that there's two cops in the fucking lobby that says we don't want you to call. We're going up there, and she still calls. Yeah, she's a f- she. That's a that's an accomplice. Yeah, she broke the fucking law. They're two cops. They are literally wearing police uniforms. Yeah, we are going up to this room. Well, we doesn't want you there. For cops, we can be there. Yeah, bad writing, bad direction, wasted opportunity. And the use of two guys, three people at least, four if you want to count Sorvino, the waste of four people yeah. that could have made this movie fucking great. Yeah. And you went for a mediocre script by a mediocre script writer who won an award that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, you mentioned that this could have been like a, a, a newer take on uh, 48 Hours. It should have been a newer take on 48 Hours. If you're going to write a buddy cop movie... yeah. There's three buddy cop movies that you need to fucking steal from. 48 Hours, Lethal Weapon, and... 
I'm brain farting right now. And 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 what's one of the best buddy cop movies out there? Shit. Um. Oh God damn it. Um. Why am I fucking brain farting right now? I I'm a movie guy. I I, I don't even want to look it up. I know Rush Hour is the first Rush Hour is not no. bad, but it's not great. Um. But you know, <laughs> Bad Boys not Turner they, and Hooch. <laughs> Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop is not really a buddy cop movie. I wouldn't put that on there. No, Beverly Hills Cop is not. Red Heat, but that's not one of the best. Last Boy Scout is not a buddy cop movie. That is. Stakeout. I got to re-see that because when I was a kid, I, I just wasn't mature enough for it when it was new. I, I just didn't like it that much. <clears throat> Since 1980, it's, yeah. it's Lethal Weapon, 48 Hours. Well, you know what? Technically, Beverly Hills Cop is a buddy cop movie. You have when he's hanging out with Taggart and and Rose Rosewood, yeah, yeah Rosemont. Um, <laughs> and not even, but not yeah. even that. He was still Paul Reiser was his was his buddy in Detroit. He was his partner. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's considered a buddy cop movie. We'll go with Beverly Hills Cop, <clears throat> even though Eddie Murphy's twice on that list. Is this the man who sabotaged an unmarked car with a, a banana? banana? <laughs> Running scared, I would put in there too. So the four, yeah. the four buddy cop movies that that <laughs> if you're gonna steal from is Lethal Weapon, Forty Eight Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, and Running Scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Yeah. Now, it, it's not that difficult. If you really want to make a buddy cop movie that's going to make a statement, then you fucking do Forty Eight Hours. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Nick mm-hmm. Nolte's character is just ruthless Jack Cates fucking ruthless and yeah. then and, and it's it's the same goddamn premise bad cop selling drugs mm-hmm. works for a bigger drug dealer you know yeah and that cop is is doing everything he can to stop Jack from getting off stop <laughs> Jack from offing yeah him yeah and his relationship drama in the movie isn't does isn't overwhelming it doesn't try to take over the whole fucking movie it's just quick quick character development for what kind of person he is and then that's it yeah and 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 they call each other once on, he calls her yeah, yeah. and then they argue. I always remember the statement he makes to her. He goes, "I make you feel good, you make me feel good. What's the fucking problem?" Right. You know, and Eddie Murphy's just trying to get a piece. Yeah. You know, I want some trim. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps saying, "I want some trim." <laughs> you know. And in this movie, I mean, Kamal Nanji. If they really wanted to do it, all Kamal Nanjiani had to do is flip his character to where he's more like Eddie Murphy's character in Forty Eight Hours. It was like. There's a there's a piece of ass waiting for me. I want that piece of ass. You know what they're they're doing? It's like the emasculation of of the average man now for these movies. Uh, where where no, I'm sorry. The perception they're trying to make is that all men are these fucking weak sucks, and that he's just this big doormat pussy guy. No, because David Batista wasn't. Well, there's always going to be the opposite. You have the extreme masculinity, and then you have the fucking pussy doormat. Yeah, and then and then the the pussy doormat is trying to teach the extreme masculinity how to not be extreme masculinity. Yeah, all they needed was a dancing. And and yeah, and and that gets old too. We yeah. don't need that shit. Yeah, just find a nice medium where they're both comfortable with who they are. Yeah, you know. And you know, look, Forty Eight Hours did the same exact thing: extreme masculinity and suave, sophisticated motherfucker. Yeah, and it ended with respect, but they they still their characters didn't change. Yeah, and you don't have Eddie Murphy, you know, trying to tell Jack to be different. Yeah. For the most part. You need to be more suave, you know. That but that's a real conversation. You need you need it's not like you need to be more like me or you need you know yeah. here's a teachable moment. Yeah. It was you just need to be you need to be less of an asshole. Yeah. Right? 
less of an asshole. Yeah, quit fucking hitting me, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then he just keeps calling Eddie Murphy convict or the N-word. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah. It's fucking wonderful. It's a great goddamn movie. Mm-hmm. But they've shied away from movies like that for this more safe alternative. And the safe alternative sucks. Yeah. We are getting fucking gypped on movies. I don't care what anybody says. We're getting fucking gypped. We're going all these fucking movies are are safe route, safe route, safe route for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you you, you look, get the occasional yeah. deadpool. You can have a masculine character without him being this extreme exaggeration. Right. Right. And but instead it's this fucking like you know, Neon Nanjiani's character where he's just I mean He's a fucking doormat. Oh God, he's just so fucking like I don't, it's like I don't even feel sorry for him because he's just the biggest pussy ever. Yeah. I, and then he finally stands up. Yeah. You know, after after Dave Bautista gives him the look. <laughs> like, yes. all right, bro, you got this. Yeah. Uh, like, we, we don't need a fight scene between the two of them, although we had a fight scene between Eddie Murphy. And this is what that movie's trying to do. This movie's trying to be the next 48 hours. Uh-huh. This is not the next 48 hours, nor will it ever be. Or Ride Along. It's trying to be Ride Along. Ride Along <laughs> sucked ass, too. So. No, this is movie's trying to be 48 hours. Right down to the beats. The fucking car chase. With the exception of the beginning, where uh-huh. but the, the beginning starts I, off with yeah. that with the two cops chasing the bad guy. Yeah, you know Reggie, not Reggie. Um, you know, uh, of of. I know who you're talking about. God damn it! I know he's the guy who's the cleaner in um in uh in John Wick. You know, warriors come out and play. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then him escaping. You have the so the entire fucking thing. Oh, and the cop dies. Cop dies because uh-huh. he got shot yeah. by the bad guy they were chasing uh-huh. in a hotel. Yeah, Jonathan Banks. Huh, huh, huh. Cop dies after chasing a bad guy mm-hmm. in a hotel who escapes by jumping down the stairs or whatever. I did like the part where Dave Batista dropped that fucking food cart right on top of oh, the bad yeah. guy. That yeah. was fucking hilarious. You know what? I, I can't. It, for some reason, it took me a second to realize why he like fell off the first level onto the ground because I forgot that his eyes were fucked up. Right, he jumped. Yeah, I was like, "What? Why did he he's fucking gonna, fall on his face?" He's, he's he, he he was yeah. in the wrong wrong yeah. part. But um, <clears throat> and then you have to find a ride. You have to find a guy that can help you find get to the bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, in this case, Dave Batista crashes his car. And needs a ride to get to where these drugs are being sold, right? Yeah. Same. It's it's fucking forty eight hours. And also uh, collateral with Tom Cruise and uh, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> well, with the collateral thrown in, but yeah. it's it's forty eight hours, literally. Yeah, because you have two completely different people fucking stuck with each other, and yeah. And and it, it's awful. It's goddamn awful. Yeah. The more you think about it, because yeah, I mean, this should have been really good. Should have yeah. been really good, and yeah, and 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 lazy. It's the writing. The writing on this movie is shit, utter garbage. Yes, Dave Batista is fine. I love Dave Batista. Come on, Angelina is fine. M- Mira Sorvino, fine. Nah, that all that is fine. It's designed that way. But if you had Mira Sorvino as a bad cop, not as the commissioner or or whoever chief justice or yeah, whatever her fucking role is, if you had her just as a corrupt cop. That would have made the movie better. If you knew from the get-go, but them using it as a twist, fucking stupid. They did that in 48 hours. You didn't know that that guy was a bad guy until at the, almost the very end. No. no. Yes. You're, you're, what, what are you talking about? 
the corrupt cop in 48 hours. No, no, no. That's you find out about Brian James's character in another 48 hours. He becomes the bad guy in another 48 hours. In the first 48 hours, he's only in a couple scenes. I just saw a video on this shit. I, that's why it's amazing that you brought him, brought him up. Yeah, there's no twist like that with the first 48 hours movie. It's in the second one that there is. You find out that Brian James's character in the sequel is the drug dealer who's running everything. And then they do a retcon in a way where you find out that he was also involved with the shit that was going on in the original 48 hours. Well, I thought for Brian, I thought for sure Brian James was in the final scene. I just watched a video on this shit. It's so, that's so fucking weird that we're talking about this right now. It, it's weird. Yeah, it was like a top 10 movies that had weird twists with characters. That's what it was. It was one of those videos on YouTube. And another 48 hours was one of them. I thought for sure that Kehoe, because he picked up the phone <clears throat> and and wasn't giving Jack half his messages and all that. Maybe I'm, I got 48 hours. Another I think 48 that they hours. twisted that into another 48 hours so that when they mention him, that he's been a bad guy the whole time. That then it takes you back to the, you know, thinking about the original 48 hours and how he might have been involved or something. You know, it does matter. All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm pretty much done with this fucking movie. Um, <laughs> do not see it. Uh, I wouldn't even recommend watching it for free on streaming. I, I It's a huge disappointment. It's not really worth seeing for any reason. No. I, I mean, I look, I love Dave Bautista, but there, I, he's got movies on Netflix that are better. Seriously. Here we go. Time to end. Thank you for listening.